0: Peter, how's it going? You still high off this win?
1: You still feel good about it? I was actually going to ask you if you had come down from your euphoric Saturday night. I had uh, a... Uh, <coughs> apparently there are bonfires in Durham still.
0: They, they burn, baby, burn. Burn, baby, burn. I, I saw some,
1: some video of the fires. Let's, let's rewind. How are you feeling at halftime? I mean, things weren't going very well.
0: Well, here's the thing. It looked horrible. I, I actually had a... I was not able to fully focus on the game. I had company over. I was out of town visiting my daughter, my sister. I was at my, you know, my sister's, but I didn't want to wait to see the game. So the game was sort of on.
1: In the background? And you couldn't focus?
0: I was doing both. I was trying to do both. It was a mistake. <laughs>
1: it was clearly a mistake. I knew
0: I wasn't going to remain unspoiled for the game. It was going to be hard. And so, you know, being out of town, I just settled for that, that viewing experience Turned out to be great because I couldn't fully concentrate on getting
1: upset during the first half. And, and were the guests <clears throat> gone by the second half?
0: Yes, and I was able to... to fully ba- focus. I was able to... Well, I was able to... I paused the game, and then when they left, I went and I watched the second half. Un- unspoiled. That was fun to watch. That's for sure.
1: That That's about as good as we can play. Um, it, it, it had been a while since our offense was really flowing, Um Duvall with his drive and finishes and dishes. Trent has been ice cold for how long now? Two weeks? Two and a half weeks?
0: Yeah, that's a normal length and of the then shooting slump.
1: Marvin Bagley just breathing fire out of his mouth.
0: So Bagley went full T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> like, the biggest, baddest version of him we've seen. And it wasn't all just us beating him the ball and him in the post. It was a lot of drive-created... You know, uh, sort of a lot of offensive rebounding. Yeah, a lot of um, other guys creating. Mostly down the stretch, there was like the, I think three DeVal plays that were just out of this world, really great,
1: penetrating and dish. Six six assists, <laughs> zero turnovers. Is there any way we can bottle that up? Because he he really it was he, the absolute best. He's he really played. he really scares me because yeah. he's so good. I feel like Coach K is going to switch back give him the reins, everyone's going to play off the ball. No,
0: why would they do that? I mean, he came in off the bench, actually didn't play well in the first half, but in the second half he played. Nobody
1: played. No one from either team played well in the first half. (laughs) I mean, UNC shot below 40% in the first half and somehow had a 10-point lead, mostly because Grayson Allen was playing Special Olympics with the ball. Did you see that one backcourt pass Gary Trent? It was nearly comical. Uh, You didn't watch the... I had, I had my eye on it. <laughs> you it break, was, you it break was, down the first half. It was first. actually... I mean, you wouldn't find it funny because you didn't see it, but... He basically threw it... I don't even know where he threw it. I mean, it's like he had the yips. Yeah. But there were a ton of turnovers. Grayson seemed to have the jitters or... You know, his passing hasn't been that great over the last two, two and a half weeks. He's been turning the ball over quite a bit. Um,
0: well, it's like I said, he, he, he never... He puts his head down, he gets ideas and he goes with them. Whether it's a pass, like I think he drives to to pass sometimes and he drives to shoot sometimes or finish at the rim. And he sort of decides before before like all the information is yeah, in front these, of him. These were not Yeah These were so, turnovers from poor <clears throat> entry entry passes
1: into the post and then Poor just just passes that with no with no defensive pressure, he just threw the ball away.
0: Okay. Well, let's focus on the positive for a minute here because we beat you and we beat the heck out of UNC down the stretch. A Very good UNC team. So Bagley's best stretch of basketball since early in the season and maybe all year. Offensive. Duval's best stretch of basketball. Offensive. Yeah, offensive in particular. Yeah. It was the team. The team played incredible defense and sort of capitalized because UNC didn't really step up in the moment. Uh, they, I thought the crowd. Lifted them, you know, in a way that that only happens in these huge games in Cameron. These UNC games, the the atmosphere looked looked pretty legit. Um, did not look like it yeah. suffered from any of the yeah. the malaise, the the millennial malaise. Um, so that was great to see. Right, Grace and Allen senior night, all the emotional you know, redemptive kind of arc stuff I wanted to see. I, I love the way he handled himself. I love the interview after the game where he just talked about that it's it's all it's all about this place, this gym, how special it is. Yeah. And it's been his honor. I thought that was just fantastic. That's the grace and al- that's the the thing we that we don't get enough right. of anymore these days and it was pretty it was pretty special.
1: Yeah, because we're we're getting all these guys who are gonna be gone for a year, um how
0: great was the hug? Oh, both hugs, the coach K Grayson hug and I even like more than that, the Bagley Grayson hug. Like yeah, it looked like Bagley had done it for Grayson. You know, yeah. it's also Bagley's senior night because he's not coming back.
1: Right. So so Bagley yeah, must hug. have gotten the other freshmen together and said said, "Hey, let's try extra hard tonight for Grayson. Let's send him out on the right note." And I was actually paying extra close attention to this game because one of my close friends said he's not sure that these guys are all, you know, friendly with each other. That there there may be dislike amongst them. And I was like, I don't really feel that way, but I'll keep an eye out for it. Yeah, I and doesn't I, it doesn't 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 seem that way.
0: For all for all the stuff we've talked about this year, I have not noticed that. The guys don't like each other. Yeah, they all seem to be rooting for each other. Guys on the bench that we think should play a little more—they they seem to be rooting for each other. Right. You know, O'Connell's never—he never looks like he has a bad attitude. Bolden, I mean, I have not haven't really noticed Jordan Bolden. Goldwire, who hasn't gotten as Bolden many minutes. Bolden has
1: but, been playing really great. Really well. Really yeah. great.
0: Yeah, and I thought it all came together in certain ways. Uh, of course, it's. It's not real. I mean, it's real, but it's not... We're now going to play games in a neutral court setting. Um, you know, in, in Brooklyn, and then in... Uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. Well, that won't be so neutral, but but it, it, is, it won't be the home court. It won't be the comfortable confines of uh, Cameron Indoor. So, so, yeah, this was an amazing win. Uh, burn, baby, burn. Go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Eat shit. And... It was great. What a great regular season capper! It makes me feel so much better about the regular season because I'm so results oriented.
1: This the, the game. The <laughs> game was so important. Um, I've I was very very amped up for this game. Really amped up yeah. on a number of levels. I mean, um, one has got a ton of NCAA seeding ramifications. I mean, if we beat UNC here, it seems like we're pretty much locked on for a two seed with a small upside for a one seed. But Small if, chance. But if we lose to UNC. Back to back on the season, and then if we lose, maybe in the first or second game of the ACC tournament, I can see us dropping. I could have seen us dropping to a three or four seed. So
0: I don't think we deserve the two seed if, if UNC beat twice. us twice. Yeah,
1: yeah. So there, there was that, and then there was also, uh, you know, like you said, Grayson Allen. Um, he was the first guy in in his class to commit to Duke. Um, he, he committed ahead of Tyus and Jaleel and Justice. That means he loves Duke. That means he loves Coach K. That means he's committed to the program. And granted, he had some things go differently his junior year, but... A lot of stuff went sideways. Yeah, he... He's, and even this he's, year, he's
0: he made 13 All-ACC. This is a guy who's preseason.
1: I mean, he should not have made 13 All-ACC. <laughs> that was... I mean, I went and looked at his... I think it was, it was generous. It was like a lifetime achievement award. His... In it, but that's I, how I they do it. That's yeah, how they do it. I don't. It. I don't know how the how the reporters and the coaches judge. But if you look at his ACC stats, he shot twenty nine point nine percent from three. Gary Trent shot like forty four percent. Gary Trent's just gone. He's like he's like a, a no mention in any of these. He didn't get not, one vote. Not even an all freshman. He didn't get a
0: vote for an all freshman team. Apparently, Gary Trent spit in somebody's suit. Yeah, but,
1: but we're we're getting ahead of ourselves yeah, a little bit. Less, Grace,
0: you're yeah. right. Grayson, the love for Duke is is apparent. It's uh, it, and it I think it always has been. Even after his freshman year, when he came back and helped us win the national championship game, everything he was saying was about how much he loved Duke. He hasn't even thought about leaving. Like. He imagined himself as a four-year player, and hats off to Grayson for being a really good player for four years.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not um, perfect,
0: but a really good
1: player. Yeah, and he's also he's also you know subjugating his personal agenda for the team. Like he's not he's not a very um, outspoken or extroverted person. Like his freshman year, he was so quiet and shy and reserved that Quinn Cook had to pull a lot of things out of him. So. By nature, he's not vocal. He's not a leader. And on this team, and even on last year's team, he had to become a leader. And even though that's unnatural, I think he should be given props for taking on that vocal leadership role, even though that's not natural.
0: I'm not sure it's not natural, Peter. I mean, I think a lot of people come in as 18-year-olds and they're not ready to lead. And by the time they're 20, 21, they have experience on the team. They are. I think that's a normal arc uh, for, for anyone. I mean, I was much different coming into college than I was going out. I'm sure you were as well. But yeah. But I think what's impressive is that he, he he sat on the bench freshman year and never complained. Didn't get his head down, worked hard, got minutes when oh, it mattered.
1: He definitely complained to himself.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure he, he wanted more minutes, but he, he he didn't cause a problem. He didn't transfer,
1: Oh, right? He, he, he caused some problems. <laughs> you remember – okay, so there, there were a few things. Um, I want to say after the Elon game last year um, – he was getting no playing time his freshman year. Justice Winslow was his roommate. I think this was the Justice Winslow podcast with John Shire. Um, Grayson was just really frustrated with his role and lack of playing time, and he just roughed up. You know, he's got a physical style of play, but he roughed up Justice in a practice, and they were they really got they really got at it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure that that's that's anything but those two guys being super competitive with each other. Yeah, in a help I mean, way. I, I just mean he didn't, he didn't like speak out. Like he never got suspended for conduct detrimental to the team that year. He, yeah, he like earned playing time. He he manned up and delivered, you know, down the stretch and got minutes because I imagine he was started to be more dominant in practice. And four years, I mean, even last year he could have quit. He could have quit when he was a poster boy for all the Duke hate and was a punching back in the national press. And he could have just gone to the NBA last year. Yeah. But I don't think he wanted to go out like that. And uh, he wants to restore his legacy to his credit. He did. He did. You know, he he is not only known for that now. You know, he is now like known for a whole slew of things. And that's part of the story. What do you think he will be known for? Uh, ultimately, I think he's going to go down as one of these like highly competitive, very good Duke guys that everybody loves to hate, and he's and people <laughs> will remember the tripping, uh, and I, people will remember some of his failures, and people will remember mostly that national championship game, and uh,
1: just I, I, his competitive fight. I feel like his yeah. his 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 book is open ended. I feel because people are so results oriented. A lot of it's just going to depend on how we fare in the NCAA tournament. Um, I, I feel like if he can lead this team to a Final Four, people are going to think very positively on Grayson Allen. Like, I think either way, people but, are, but people if are they great. flame out like in the second, third round, I think that might knock his uh, who are these people, his, his legacy. Just people, how, how they like you view Greg Paul a certain way because yeah, they, they never got there. You know, like. You equate Duke yep. players with how they fared in the NCAA tournament. I,
0: I, it's not even the, the NCAA tournament. Let's talk about Greg ball some more. But it's that he got benched his senior year and he he couldn't he wasn't good enough to start
1: anymore. Grayson Allen got benched last year. I mean, you could say that it was injury, but, I mean, he did.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I didn't see that being like how good of a player he was with some other issues. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, Ricky Price, our, our favorite guest you know, ended up sort of going out on, on low notes in terms of his personal career arc at Duke. Grayson Grayson had an uneven but, like, incredibly notable career at Duke. And to me, he never, once he, got, once he became, like, a main cog, he never, you know, he may have been slightly disappointing. You know, like, he was maybe, maybe we thought he had a shot to be player of the year last year or this year, right? And, I, I, and he I didn't think... come close to doing that yeah right he's not the best guard in the country he has limitations but but ultimately he was like a really good player he lit up the scoreboard enough uh, and he became enough of a leader and it's not like last year's team was you know filled with losers I mean we won 25 games you know we, we won the ACC tournament this year we've won twenty five games. You know, maybe last year we won twenty three. I don't remember. But no, last year we won. Yeah, more, including the more ACC, we must have won twenty seven or twenty eight. And you know, whatever happens in postseason, I don't think it's going to greatly affect the way I view Grayson. Uh, a flawed player, a flawed person. You know, who overcame stuff at every level to gut it out and. Deliver all he could deliver, you know. That's it.
1: I think it'll play a pretty big role <clears throat> in terms of and how you think about it and how I think about it. Whose results are rated now? Because um, it's mostly
0: out of his control. I mean, we'll see who we play and how the games go. I hope he plays well. Yeah. Whether whether it's, it's
1: fair or unfair, that's yeah. You know, I feel okay. like that'll be how <clears throat> he will be evaluated.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, even last year's like. Uh, like, Somewhat disappointing season. I don't blame Grayson for it. I mostly blame injuries. I mostly blame, you know, it's kind of running into that buzzsaw that was South Carolina. Like, we actually were playing pretty well towards towards the end of the year. Yeah. And you just never know what's going to happen in the tournament.
1: I guess, I guess what I'm saying is, if you were to ask me right now, he's not a top 20 player of all time for Duke. But if he were to have games like he did against Michigan State earlier this yeah. season... In route to like a national championship or a final four run, I could see making an argument for because if that were to happen, he would be like top 10 scoring all time. I could I could see making an argument for him okay. to be top 15, top 20 all time.
0: Uh, yeah, I think there's already an argument that he's a top 20 guy all time at Duke. I mean, we'll have to go through it in the offseason and think about it in terms of like overall career and pr- accomplishment. Uh, But, yeah, I think it does partially depend on what happens over the next five to ten games. Uh, It's pretty important, yeah. There's a lot lot of golf left to play. And there's a lot of, like, honor to be won. A lot of victory to be seized. And uh, I know he wants it, you know. Yeah. He's got some pretty good, you know, pretty good talent around him. And um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, So, I thought we would uh, maybe take a look back at some of the stats I mentioned earlier in the year. I was pretty hard on DeVal, right? And he's played pretty well down the stretch. Um, I think he's
1: played well for a half.
0: The last half of basketball? Yeah. I th- he had a, another game or two that were, that were pretty decent. I, I thought. I think he's been better on the defensive end. He's like fit into the team defense. The team defense in general has been better. That's the other sort of thing Quite, I was criticizing all year. Quick active hands. And now we're apparently in the top ten in the Ken Palm ratings. We've basically spent a month holding teams to... To low point totals, yeah. Getting deflections, causing turnovers. And after that UVA game and the road game at UNC where we only caused, we only the other team only had two turnovers in one of those games. The other team only had four turnovers in one of those games. Uh UNC turned the ball over a lot. 14, 14 times. Yeah. Which is not crazy, but compared to the turnovers we forced against them last time was a lot. We also had some like they. Uh, you know they they really had to force up some some really weak three pointers like everything felt contested down the stretch in a way we we, we didn't allow almost any easy baskets in the, in the second half it was it was a nice the, effort the
1: second half was again about as well as we can play yeah against a top ten team very good team
0: by the way one of the things we criticized Coach K for is his short bench when you look at UNC's uh, minute allotment they played. Their five starters, 37, 35, 36, 33, and 33 minutes. Uh, and only one guy got double digits off the bench. And when you look at Duke in the in the game against UNC, eight guys in double-digit minutes. Jack White, with, it's actually surprising me, only played two minutes. He actually makes an impact every time he comes in for that he, one or 2 minutes. Yeah, he, he
1: grabbed a few uh, <clears throat> loose, loose balls, rebounds, yeah. diving on the floor. But he, you know, he's still... Uh, a glue guy.
0: But I don't think it was a coincidence that we had a lot of fuel left in the tank when we played the other guys a lot and Duval came in off the bench. Like, you know, Grayson did play the 40 minutes and Gary Trent still played 36. But I like the big man rotation. I like keeping those legs fresh. And I like Duval off the bench or starting with just playing less minutes. We were I was calling all season for him to play 20 to 25 minutes a game. Uh... O'Connell didn't make a big splash in this game, but he played fourteen minutes and he spread the floor. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I wanted to get into it. Did you have any more on, on the on the on that on the game before any like little little notes, little things you noticed? I see you have some notes written down. I don't wanna give you short shrift here. No,
1: not really. I mean overall you're happy with this team, right?
0: I feel good. I feel good right I feel now. Good. I feel like I got enough this team delivered enough this year. To feel pretty good about what happened. About
1: yourself and the program. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's a, isn't it amazing how if we lost the game, we'd be down in the dumps. And because we won, we feel great. It's just, well, still, it's just it's sort of silly. It's sort of a silly connection. Well, we'd won, six of, seven.
0: We'd won 6 of 7 before this game. Yeah. So we had played well for the month. Yeah. And before this past month, we hadn't played good defense for the majority of the season. In terrible, fact, terrible defense. Like... Irresponsible transition defense. Yeah. We're still not perfect there. I see but a lot of the
1: bigs really sprinting back on D. Yeah,
0: I, I really like how we're, I just, I, you know, I like how they've played over the last month. I like the team spirit they're showing. I like that they cared so much about winning that game. And how can you not like them rising to the moment down the stretch in the second half of that game and just the, the passion they showed?
1: All of them. It was a tremendous second half. Good, right. Great shooting. Good
0: D. Yeah, and Duval's a better player because he's had to overcome some stuff. And I hope we get to see it continue. You know, it's not just he played well for a half here and a half there. Hopefully he's really growing as a player, understanding the game more. And, uh, you know, hats off to the coaching staff. I think they've accomplished a lot with this team. Yes. Uh, maybe they started on second base with the amount of talent, but... It, they have. It clearly was a challenge in various ways, so... Um, wow.
1: there, there were still some um, scary items, like things that could haunt us or hurt us down the stretch.
0: Like playing three big men at once? The, the number one thing being free throw <laughs> for a shooting. Minutes. I mean, the free yes. throw
1: shooting um, in the first half especially went four for 14, but more than a few front end of one and ones. I mean, yeah. that's bad. And there's really no remedy for that at this point. We just have to sort of...
0: I don't even like watching these guys shoot free throws. I don't like watching... Bagley shoot free throws. If I just fast forward until the, the the next play has started? But even Grace, see how many points have been scored because I can't watch. Yeah, even
1: Grayson <laughs> missed a few, and and also front end of a one on one. Yeah,
0: I mean, and, and, a lot of it, a lot of emotion in this game. I think yeah. affects your
1: steadiness. There. I agree. Also, just the offense in general. Um, we had a great second half offensively, but the offense just hasn't really been flowing in the last uh, few weeks.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of that's Gary Trent just missing shots. You know, uncharacteristically missing shot. I guess he's a, you know, I guess all, all three point shooters are streaky. Yeah, like nature runs in streaks. There's a lot of randomness in 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 everything. Yeah, and he, it, yeah.
1: I want to say in the first half, uh, he dribble penetrated into the paint, uh, had a had a nifty step back, and one was a spin move. So maybe getting some easy twos could help him. You know, just see the ball go through the net.
0: I wish he got to the line a little more. That might help him kind of get. He,
1: get, he but definitely does not incorporate that into yeah. his game. I think you know, and and if he's not shooting from three, Grayson is sort of streaky himself, and you know his percentages aren't that great. Sure. O'Connell doesn't get more than one or two a game. Um, I thought it. We're I, really not that.
0: I wanted to mention one other thing I saw about the offense in this game, especially in the second half. I noticed they've been trying to do this a little more as they're pushing the ball up the court as fast as they can and getting getting open looks and and, and transition baskets themselves, like. Before the the other team's defense can get set, it's just that's what they do in the NBA. They just run and gun because they know you can you can you know uh, Grayson got a wide open three on yeah. on, a, on one play. DeVal threw the ball up to him. I, it I makes lo- sense I with our bigs. Pace.
1: Makes sense with our bigs. Our bigs can run. It makes and a jump. lot of sense. And Alleyou like easily.
0: And even if we miss those shots, we get the rebound a lot. The, yeah. The offensive rebound is rebounding has been exceptional this season. I mean, we're never gonna see two big guys. Offensive rebound this well again. Right. Wearing Duke uniforms, you know, these guys, this is, it's their bread and butter. Um, So I thought we'd get into some of these. uh, We talked about, we referenced uh, on the court, off the court numbers. I did. uh, There's actually a guy, uh, Niels384, on the Duke Basketball Report uh, message boards. And you guys can find this incredible thread he posted. It's called Plus Minus Game Statistics for 2017, 2018. Um, And I've been, uh, you know, I've been going through and looking at these, referencing them a little bit during the year, but I really took a a deep look at them this past week. Uh, I thought I'd start off by by mentioning sort of what the plus minus was um, for each player in the UNC game. Uh, In the UNC game, Bagley was a plus 20 so he played 33 minutes. Uh, you know, we ended up winning the game by 10. So we were minus 10 with him off the court in those seven minutes, plus 20 with him on the court. Grayson was plus 13. He played the whole game except for 46 seconds. Uh, Gary Trent was plus 12. He almost played the whole game too. Uh, Carter and Duvall were plus 10, plus 9. And the minuses were DeLaurier, O'Connell, and White. Uh you know, partly because they're coming in for Bagley. <laughs> and uh, they're coming in for, for Carter. <clears throat> but uh, I thought I would, I would mention that, and then I thought I'd go through the summary of the season.
1: Okay? So, were, were they big minuses or just small minuses?
0: Uh, O'Connell was minus six. Deloria was minus five in the 12 and 14 minutes they played in that game. Um, if you look for the whole season at this point, O'Connell started out pretty hot, and now... It, you, they haven't he hasn't done as well in the plus minus and take the plus minus for what it's worth it's it's just one statistic it doesn't yeah. it's not everything um, but uh, he actually he put them out in raw numbers and then in per 40 minutes so I'll give you the per 40 minutes for these guys. Uh, the best per 40 minutes and I'm not going to include the guys that didn't play a lot of minutes for the year. Um, Wendell Carter 19.3 plus 19.3 per 40. Bagley plus 19.2, Grayson Allen plus 17.7, Gary Trent plus 16.7, Duval plus 14.8, which is the lowest of the starters. Uh, and then Jack White and Delare are plus 12 and plus 11, Bolden's plus 10, and O'Connell's only plus 7.6. Um, So these numbers are like a little bit warped because they include the whole season, including like the blowout games against the weak sisters. So we actually put up the numbers for just the ACC games, not including Pittsburgh, because they're so bad. Uh, Just excluded Pittsburgh? Excluded these stats. All ACC games, excluding Pittsburgh, but adding in the Michigan State, Indiana, Game, the St. John's game, and the three PK80 games, okay. which were all pretty competitive. So essentially the six competitive out, out of conference games and the 16 somewhat competitive ACC games. <clears throat> and here's the numbers there. Uh, and these look a lot different. We're not, you know, they're, they're smaller because we didn't outscore everybody by so much. But uh, per 40 minutes, or per, yeah, per 40 minutes, Wendell Carter, 12.4.
1: Uh, and that's... This is like an adjusted plus-minus?
0: This is just plus-minus
1: for the... the, uh, Okay. per
0: per 40 minutes. Right.
1: For ACC plus half-dozen other games. Yeah.
0: Wendell Carter had the biggest... This is in competitive games, essentially, that we played this year. Not against weak sisters. Wendell Carter had the best plus-minus by far of the starters at 12.4. Bagley and Trent each had 9.5. Grayson Allen had 9.0. Duval had 6.1. Uh... And off the bench, Jack White didn't play much, but he had a plus 12.3, which is notable. Um, That's only in 107 minutes of play. And then um, Goldwire actually had a plus 9.1. And then the other guys lag behind. Bolden, plus 4.5. O'Connell, plus 3.7. So a notch below Duval at 6.1. Duval maybe gets help by playing so many minutes with the starters. Right. And the other guys play sort of... Otter lineups Um, and then he did one other thing and I'll I'll leave it at that basically the lineups uh, he characterized like how certain lineups did on the court okay so this is the the starters uh, for the entire season were plus 22.9 as a group per 40 minutes they were on the court outscored their opponent by 23 points per game you know uh for the minutes they played. And if you're interested to know how many minutes the starters played together, it's probably a record at Duke. It was (laughs) was, uh, 532 and a half minutes this year out of uh, 31 games. So that's that's almost a full 20 minutes. It's like 17 minutes a game with no subs. Um, To compare it to the NBA, 76ers have a really strong starting lineup this year. And those guys play about, you know, about... 10-12 minutes a game together in a 48-minute game. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Okay, so the next best lineup... The next best lineup was Jack White in for DuVal. So the starters with Jack White instead of DuVal was plus 51, which is incredible, but it's only 19 minutes of play. Uh, You know, although it wasn't in in competitive games, and it's recent. Uh, The next best lineup uh, is... Bolden and DeLaRI in for Carter and Duvall. So Bolden in for Carter, DeLaria in for DeVal. It's actually surprising. That's plus thirty-nine point seven. And then O'Connell in for Grayson and O'Connell in for DeVal are both very successful lineups, plus twenty-seven and plus twenty-four. So better with O'Connell on the court than than those guys and you know, with the starters. O'Connell didn't do as well with weaker lineups around him, but just subbing in for one starting guard those lineups did very well this year uh and the worst lineup that played significant minutes the worst lineups involved uh they all involved bolden and uh they all involved uh, bolden and delari in for bagley and carter didn't do very well and bolden in for bagley didn't didn't do nearly as well they were minus lineups for the season and um so basically, uh, it's about what we expected. Duvall ended up coming up. These numbers look pretty bad for Duvall until the last few games, where he he really did you know, have some good stretches. So uh, I'm glad to see him come up. It was probably Is this unre- the same
1: guy whose stats you were quoting maybe like three or four weeks ago. No, I was D- quoting different a guy?
0: different stat like two months ago when we were talking about this, and I was okay. saying we should probably bench Duval. Yeah, uh, I was actually quoting college basketball references: offensive rating, defensive rating differential. Okay, which isn't actually on/off the court. It's more like they simulate how many points a player contributes to the offense, how many points a player contributes to the defense, that kind of thing. Right. It, those those stats involve the team's performance per hundred possessions. And when you look at the, the whole season in that statistic, uh, basically Bagley has got an offensive rating of 126 and a defensive rating of 96, so a 30-point spread. Uh, Carter has a 35-point spread, 127 and 92.8. So uh, Carter's bearing out statistically sort of more effective than Bagley on both of these measures. And then uh, Grayson is a 21-point spread. Gary Trent's a 23-point spread, and these are these numbers are attempting to simulate what they mean of the team in terms of point differential. But it's doing it in a in a more hypothetical way, based on actual statistics. And Duval only has a four-point spread. So this, by this statistical measure, it's a, it's a you know it would argue that Duval is far worse than the other starters in terms of what he contributes to the team. Alex O'Connell still has a 27-point spread in this, which makes him as effective as the other starters, which is a little weird. Um, although he's a very effective three-point shooter, but the offense, I guess, does well with him on the court, at least. We know that. <clears throat> uh, and last note there is Bolden's numbers look good in this offensive rating versus defensive rating. This uh, spread is 28 points. And uh, Javin has a good rating here, where the plus-minus isn't very kind to Javin or or Bolton, really. Um, so there you go. Um,
1: so what's, what do you think? what's the upshot of that? The upshot
0: is Duvall got there a little bit. He's still clearly the weakest of the starters by by all advanced statistical measures. And he's going to have a hard time making up for that down the stretch on a season level. Yeah. But I think it's also apparent to the eye test that he's just not as consistent as those guys, and, he's, yeah. and he dogged it on defense for part of the year, and it had an effect. I don't think he's dogging it anymore. I do think he's, I still think he dogged. He's still it at too aggressive where he's, at
1: times. He's, he's, sure. he's he could be doing something on defense, but he he's choosing to just stand flat footed and watch. Yeah, down he's the Virginia, like he's not getting in position. Yeah, well, still. down the stretch in Virginia
0: but, Tech, there were a couple plays that, that I thought were awful. But yeah. I just thought that's, like, I, th- I think he was a little, just, he wasn't mindful. And yeah. he's, he's becoming more mindful of right. what his role is and responsibility is. I mean, both Did sh- you notice the way the guards rebounded down the stretch of the UNC game on defense? They, they helped crash the boards pretty
1: competitively. They, they hadn't been doing they, that they, all they year. They've definitely gotten better. I, I would say there's still a lot lot more room to improve. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Duvall has definitely gotten into... His, his hands have, have created steals and, and easy transition stuff. He's still gambling a little bit and taking himself out of, out of the picture, but nowhere near as often as in the beginning of the year when he seemed to do it more egregiously and more frequently.
0: Yeah, I mean, his rebounding percentage is still atrocious. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> his overall rebounding percentage, his, his defensive rebounding percentage is 5.3, which is just, just so low. Percentage rate. Basically, yeah. Okay. I, I, Basically, it's uh, an estimate of the percentage of available defensive rebounds a player grabs while he's on the court. So yeah. if there's, for every 20 available defensive rebounds, he grabbed one for the team out of the five right. guys. Right. Uh, you can partially account for that because we have some dominant rebounders, but given how many offensive rebounds we gave up, and Gary Trent and Grayson and Allen both are basically doubling his rebounding output in minutes on the court, it's, it's, it's apparent he didn't try very hard. Okay. You know, for most of the year. But I've noticed that
1: that improved a little bit as we head down the stretch. So so but, we've, yeah. we've looked – I mean, you've gone over the stats a bit. Um, earlier, I sensed that you still didn't think Duvall had regained his starting position or his point guard position. I think we do. What do you think is going to happen going forward? Yeah, I
0: think we do well mixing it up between Allen being the primary ball handler and Duvall – getting it for spurts. You know, I think he when he comes in and he's given that role off the bench or when he hasn't had it for a while, he
1: he's he's what? He's more careful.
0: <laughs> no, I think I think he's just hyped. And so you don't get, you know, you you get him more like he, he understands <laughs> so it's he, a precious yeah, opportunity. He, he values
1: know. each possession and each opportunity is is valuable and he was sort of taking it for granted the first 20 games of the season. Something like that. Something okay. like that. I guess I could just, sort of see that. It's sort
0: of instilling a discipline in him because he knows it's not, nothing's promised. I mean, he could wind up on the bench the whole second half of one of these games, and it, it wouldn't be an absolute shock if whoever's in there is playing better than he is. Our
1: next game on Thursday, who's the fifth starter? I, th- I think he might start.
0: I wouldn't be surprised either way, but okay, I mean, I'd love to see him come off the bench again. It, it seemed to work. Yeah, uh, I could see how he could be discouraged coming off the bench after what he did down the stretch of that game. It did a, he had a couple times this year where it appeared, it appeared he won the game for Duke down the stretch with a- his play.
1: The FSU game,
0: FSU game, absolutely. He played well uh, in the Michigan State game as well. Right down the stretch, so he has the ability. There's no doubt he has the ability, and like that's the counter argument to to me saying they should bench him. I was never saying we should bench him and not play him at all.
1: We always said his talent just, and, and his peak game, fantastic. Yeah, it's of just course. it's just that with the peak with all the great stuff, there was also a lot of bad stuff or mindless stuff or immaturity, decision making.
0: was a mess on man-to-man defense. Like I, yeah. you know, if we were still playing man-to-man, I still think he'd, he'd be greatly struggling. I think he'd be trying harder, but he'd still. He'd still struggle with some of those principles because, you know, he, he needs to zone puts you in the in the mindset of team defense a little more than man to man. I think That's
1: Yeah, it, yeah. So I I also want to say on the zone defense, um, it feels like people are gotten better. The players have gotten better in terms of knowing when to help. They're playing with more the as exception a team. of maybe Backley, so it doesn't really seem like he's he's helping at times.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think DeLaurier is still over-aggressive in the zone and puts himself out of position. But at least he is, like, making errors of commission versus errors of omission. Right. And uh, I think you're right about Bagley. He still doesn't really know where to be. And it's partly because he sat out four, four or five games. You know, I think that hurt him a little bit in terms of getting with the program in terms of the defense. But, you know, they don't box out enough still. There's still issues, but... There's a real cohesiveness, and they're learning to play together on the defensive end r- yeah. really
1: well. This is, I mean, they, they held UNC a, a pretty good offense to 64 points. Um, UNC didn't shoot the ball well, but I think that that's a function of, of the defense. Um, oh, yeah. I thought we so, get a lot of credit for that. So, I mean, in this little small test, I feel like defense is legit. Defense held up at
0: home, at home especially. Yeah. Uh, question for you. Do you, you know, we've talked about the offensive performance. At so the beginning of the season, it looked like we we're going to have an all-time offense,
1: right? We're still, we're still, we're still like a second-best statistically, right? Offense it's, in the country, still pretty good, right?
0: Overall, but uh, it's but, clear but yeah, there's been some just, stretches yeah. where where we haven't been as effective as we would have expected. Yeah. And I wonder if it has something to do with the amount of effort we're putting into defense, you know, deservedly so. Yeah. And I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. I'm just saying. These guys are having to really work on defense now, and yeah. they probably weren't used to doing that. So it might be like a legs issue, which right. is another reason of, to have a slightly deeper rotation, like they did against UNC. Right, right? I,
1: I agree. I mean that, that's a that's a fair point. I I remember when we had that discussion with Matt Jones. He said we were, we were asking about why the defense was so hard. He was like, well, I mean he didn't actually say it, but he he insinuated that like Luke. Grayson, uh, Tatum. A lot of these guys exert so much effort on the offensive end that they can't really bring it every possession on defense. Not like, a zero-sum have, game. Like they have to rest a bit. Yeah. It's, I, want, I want to say especially for Luke.
0: That makes sense. It's not a zero-sum game, right, when it comes to effort on both ends of the court. Yeah. Like, I mean, I used to play basketball back in the day, and I would dog it on defense because I love going and trying to score. It's just that I understand. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Makes perfect sense. Uh,
0: so another one of our uh, one of our friends, uh, uh, my my buddy the Big Bell, uh, called me last week and and, and and proffered a bit of a theory. He, he was wondering, uh, he was he was thinking Bagley was more like more like a DeAndre Jordan, one of these sort of guys who was. Uh, a little bit of a limited skill set on offense. Obviously, he try. He's pretty versatile. He, he he likes to go inside and out. Yeah. But he's not quite. He's not excellent as a as a perimeter scorer. Right. He's excellent at what he's excellent at is dunking, offensive rebound, dunking the ball, catching and dunking, <laughs> catching lobs, his, and like his, his deep, feel, deep his post position. Yeah, like, his
1: feel from around six feet in. I mean, not not just dunking, but his yeah. just his touch is is fantastic. So, so Scott,
0: Scott was like, "Why are we trying to run the whole offense through through him?"
1: A when, guy, guy who has a limited, polished offensive skill set.
0: Yeah, more limited than a Wendell Carter. Yeah, who moves the ball around more nicely. He's a little bit of a better interior passer. And can uh, go
1: right or left. Yeah,
0: he's more versatile, he, and you don't know what to expect from him. So. His, his theory is that we were kind of doing it wrong for for a stretch there and we you know we got spoiled by sort of throwing the ball down the Bagley catches it and dunks it over these you know it's lesser opponents guys, yeah but in the in the big bad ACC they're, they're in the tournament there's going to be times where that's not that strategy is not gonna work that's not going to be there all the time yeah. so we should be running the offense through other guys which kind of reminded like Bagley was dominant down the stretch of the UNC game but it wasn't because we kept throwing him the ball twelve feet away from the basket in the post. Yeah, it was him scrambling to save possessions, offensive rebound, and be available when his guy helped off to just finish strong. So right. I, I thought that was a like a pretty good point by the bell.
1: Okay. Um, so, did he have recommendations like
0: who? who he just thought who, that, that who, the team the the team had fallen in love with the idea of Bagley being this dominant. Player, when he's really
1: just the offensive skill set is is much more narrow in scope than yeah. Just hey, take over the game. He's not like a Tatum or a Canard who can create his own shot. That that was his his theory. Obviously, he can okay. do some of that too. But yeah,
0: he's uh, better off the ball. Essentially, sure. is is what he's saying. He's like an incredibly dominant off off the ball player doing right. certain things. I'm
1: I'm thinking back to yeah. his first game back against Syracuse, where it was a he came off the bench. A lot of points, but it, they were almost all dunks. They were like five or six dunks. Man, um, man he dunks a lot. <laughs> and they're, and they're ferocious. They're ferocious. Cute, his yeah. head is – his. he's almost eye-level with the rim. Um,
0: he's like a video game. There, were,
1: there was something I read after the Duke-UNC game. In the, in the locker room at halftime, Coach K was like, look, you guys, just play free. You know, like the piano has to come off your back. Don't think about X's and O's. Just run offense – I mean, it's that still just rubs me a little bit the wrong way. Like I still don't you get know, why like, we don't run more. Like, why don't we, why yeah, do we have mean, like you know half a dozen or a dozen like sets that we can go through? Like I understand sometimes when Duvall is playing great, he's creating opportunities for people, or when Trent is on fire from outside, or if Grayson's on fire from outside. It this this theory seems great, but it's still just irks me a little bit when I read that post game like Trey was like oh yeah we're just gonna throw the playbook out the window and then we're just gonna play like it's pickup."
0: okay so I've been wrestling with this all year as well like and you know why don't we run more stuff I watch NBA NBA games they're running all sorts of back screens they do the pick and roll on this side of the court on the weak side there's a there's a back screen going on. It frees up a guy. It's away from the action. And like, yeah. why don't we do that stuff
1: for Trent? Why can't we run some baseline screens for O'Connell? Yeah, I, I don't think I've seen a single screen set for O'Connell.
0: Uh, O'Connell so, gets some screens. I want to say not enough. Not enough.
1: I want to say in the first half of the season there was a lot more where it was just Grayson and Bagley playing a two-man game with using half the court and everyone else is on the other side.
0: I do think there's some basic stuff that we should be doing more of, like that. Yeah. I I, I still think that. But the more I've thought about it through the year, uh, the more I've realized like this is another problem with the one and dones Basically, is they don't they don't have time. Like uh, the other teams, like in, you saw Indiana when they played against, they ran all sorts of intricate stuff, and it was really beautiful. And they got a lot of easy baskets uh, because of their stuff and their style. But those guys had all been there for multiple years for the most part, and they've been practicing those same sets, and they got good at running them. Uh, these guys, they're here for... for, a cup you know, of coffee? Yeah, six months tops. But, sti- I mean, but they sti- play together but still... in the summer, but they're not allowed yeah. to install an offense in the summer. Right. And the practice time these guys get with the players, it's limited. Right. Like, they have class. They have a full slate of games. And I think Ricky Press is telling us that they, they really didn't, or maybe Coach K mentioned it, they didn't have time to practice during that whole PK-80 stretch. Yeah. There I mean, was like... I think we overestimate how much time, how much actual practice time they get. Shouldn't they concentrate on teaching them how to play basic defense? Sure. That's been the the obstacle to overcome. They're already pretty good at offense. And I I think
1: word has got out that even even if the teams are allotted two hours a day to practice, they don't actually use it very often. A lot of times it's rest and recovery and maybe film session and whatnot. But like J.J. Reddick is saying, I remember when I was a player, Practices would be just we would get crushed, and then we'd have sprints, and then we'd do this, we'd do that, and now I see it. I come and it's almost like a club med type thing where it's just very leisurely and yeah. And Coach K isn't trying to like burn out his players. He's you know it's a different different approach. Having said that, I still feel like I mean how hard could it be to have some go to plays?
0: You think these guys would know how to run certain basic pick and yeah. rolls, but it could be they just. They, they are just mondo talented and they don't have... They do not pick it up quickly. And maybe they've tried to install some stuff and turns out they're better off just playing free. Like, you know, the way Coach K said. Okay. Um, so yeah, good win. Great, great win to end the season.
1: Great win. We end up uh, second so th- in the th- ACC. Yeah. Thus far, a very, very good season. We're twenty-five and six. You know, there are still a few losses I wish we didn't have, but still a fantastic season. We got a couple wins we probably didn't deserve. It- oh, so, I mean, a ton. I mean, this was—I read this was the fourth game where we were down by thirteen or more in the second half that we came back to win, which is very impressive.
0: That's that's pretty rare right there. And we we finished four games back of UVA for the ACC title, so it's you know even if we had beaten them at home, and I wish we had because that would have been a great win. Uh, we were I don't think we were ready for that win at that moment. Um, but even if we had beaten them and won another game that we should have shouldn't have lost, like you know beaten NC State, who ended up having a good it's season good by season. the way, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know uh, even if we had beaten Boston College, we still are second in the ACC. And we probably learned less lessons. So we've, we've had losses to learn from. It's been like a pretty entertaining season all around. And uh, here we go into the ACC's. Did you want to talk about the All-ACC stuff? Um, we should mention Bagley got all, uh, Player of the Year, uh, first team obviously, Freshman of the Year. Obviously uh, Carter got second team All-ACC and Grayson got third. Carter and Trent was left off
1: completely. There was some reporter who didn't vote Bagley freshman Uh, of the of the year. He got fifty six of the fifty seven votes. Oh yeah. There's always one dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DeAndre Hunter, Virginia got one vote. I mean, this guy should have his voting Privileges
0: votes. Somebody voted Bolden, Marcus Bolden, the sixth man of the year in the ACC, and I mean, he barely got off the bench for most. Maybe of the, season. the voter
1: only saw the last two weeks because if you had, you would say, "Wow, this guy is phenomenal off the bench." I mean, Bolden has been playing great. Yeah, has been playing well. And, and surprisingly, he's been knocking down free throws too. Uh, yeah, he's to he's the not line. completely unskilled. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to some Bolden development. And, and P.T. next year. I, I
0: hope Bolden's, Bolden's back next year. We could use him next year, I think.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of love for Bagley, Grayson Allen, Wendell Carter. I, I thought it was... I was very, very surprised about Gary Trent being left off of everything. So one, um, But it's not... I mean, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big a deal.
0: One thing I've noticed over the years, of the All-ACC, now that there's more teams in the conference, it's even probably more the case. Is that they don't want to give one team too many of the spots, right? Right. They it happens. Like the years where we we were dominant in the ACC, we got a couple guys on the first team, but we never got three or four guys on the first team.
1: You know, like thousand two, like, like they, two they like, team. They like to stagger it. Two team. How many first team all ACCs do you think we had?
0: Well, it was Jason Williams, Carlos Boozer, and Dunleavy, and my guess is Dunleavy didn't wasn't a first team All ACC, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they staggered it in the same way, like one first, one second, one third. But um, they're not
1: conspiring. It's like it's I think it's the the coaches and then maybe forty reporters. So they're just all it's voting cons- it.
0: Yeah, but it's, I think I think everyone kind of sees it that way. They, they'd like to they'd like to spread it around, just like the NBA All Star Game. They, they like as many teams to have a representative as possible. Sure. So if you're the best player on NC State, you probably deserve to make one of those three All ACC teams, even if like you're not going to get drafted as high as,
1: you know, uh, right.
0: Gary Trent, like,
1: it, but plus I mean, we have so many more teams now. Yeah. I mean, no, well, nine not, to yeah, twelve the, to like when we were 15. in college, it was it was nine. Eight. I think it was eight when we first showed up. Uh,
0: no, nah, Florida, Florida State was the ninth team. Okay. Yeah. They had one one playing game in the ACC tournament, right. the, the game of shame, the eight nine game. It was NC State, Florida State. A lot of those years. That was us,
1: our freshman year.
0: Uh yeah, we, we it was <laughs> I think that was us. I, thank God we had that game because we I think we won. We won it. It was like one of the few ACC games we won that year. I think it was NC
1: State. <sighs> NC State has given us fits in the ACC tournament. So um, so let's look forward. Let's talk about the ACC tournament. Yeah. Because I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Apparently you are not afraid.
0: You're afraid? Well we have a
1: double buy into I'm very afraid. Into the quarterfinals. Do you know what I'm
0: afraid of? Uh, who are we gonna play in the quarters? What's the matchup? It's Miami. There's a
1: gentleman who has who has just treated us as his little whipping boy over the last four years and he is back. He is back with a vengeance. He took his team and nearly beat UVA at UVA, putting up twenty four and fifteen if he had been healthy this season, I think there's a very good chance he would have been player, ACC Player of the Year over Bagley.
0: Man, you keep talking, but you haven't even... Tell me what you're talking
1: about. Bonzi Colson. Oh, is Bonzi Colson back? He is back. He nearly good for him. he nearly led Notre Dame to a victory over Virginia at Virginia. His stats are identical to Bagley's, except he gets one more steal, one more block every game. He's a better shooter. Um, they have to win two games to play us in the quarterfinals. But if they do... That is no gimme. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, that is no gimme. I
0: love. I would love to play Notre Dame with Bonzi Colson and And Matt Farrell earned a victory. Yeah. So Notre Dame plays Pittsburgh in the first game. They're obviously going to win that one. (laughs) Uh, Then they have to play the next night against Virginia Tech, and that's going to be a bit of a battle. Virginia Tech's a gutty team, but uh, I saw Ken Palm has Notre Dame ranked ahead of them, and he's predicting. Notre Dame wins and if Colson's yeah. back and yes. then then yeah, I, I imagine they might even be favored in that game. Although it's a back to back and then And then hopefully we, their
1: legs will be dead for we, us. Hopefully we'd
0: we, <laughs> we'd be fresh. They'd be they'd be on their third back to back to back game. And really Bonzi Colson's like six foot one. He's like a six foot one power forward slash center. So I'm not too concerned about him. He's a Lilliputian too. I'm kidding. He's like really good. But but and, like and, and on another note, I'm
1: sort of but our I'm, I'm rooting pretty, that they yeah. get a few wins to get into the NCAA tournament because again, I've got a lot of respect for Mike Bray, Notre Dame, and Bonzi Colson. Matt, for all these four-year guys who stick around,
0: it just seems like every year they got a bunch of four-year guys, but it's not always true. So, so, <laughs> so
1: for us in the ACC tournament, um, it's either most likely going to be Virginia Tech again or Notre Dame
0: or Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh may go on a run. They went 0 and 18 in the ACC. Maybe they'll, they'll beat
1: both teams. Stop. And then the next game is probably going to be. UNC or Miami. Uh, yes, that looks like. So the ACC is. tournament is is looking like there's a decent chance it's going to be Notre Dame and by the UNC way, by the way, and then Virginia. So by the way UNC, you, you asked me the last week. You asked me last week. What's your prediction for the ACC tournament? it's going to be tough. It's
0: oh. going to be a tough ride. So UNC ends up being the 6 seed. If They've yeah. beaten us. They would have been the 2 or 3 seed. 2
1: seed. They would have been the 2 seed. Okay, they would have been yeah. the 2 seed. Instead, that's huge, they, have, huge, they have to have to a huge drop.
0: Yeah, they have to play on Wednesday, and it looks like they are going to play the winner of Syracuse and Wake Forest. And that's not going to be an easy game for them. I mean, there's not a 100% chance they win that game at a neutral court. Uh, even if they do, they then have to play Miami, a rested Miami team. And they got to play back-to-back 9 p.m. games. Um, That that might be tough. And then, uh, so, you know, I like our chances against Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, uh, winner. I like our chance. I I hope we play UNC. I'd love to see it. I would
1: love to play UNC again. Yeah, We just
0: get so much out of that. And then we probably would have to play UVA in the finals. So, of course, we're not a favorite to win the whole tournament.
1: UVA seems...
0: I, I want another crack at UV. like the real deal. Yeah, I want another crack. If we beat, if I'll tell you what, if we beat those three teams, then I think we deserve the one seed.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, especially considering Kansas lost, Michigan State lost. Um, I think we need a route for like Xavier to lose. Um, but there's certainly there's there's some wiggle room there for us to rise up and get a one seed, which would be great. But I mean, a good two seed is totally fine too.
0: We do historically we do much much better as a one seed that first matchup alone is just usually so much easier
1: um, yeah
0: we have lost uh as a two lost the first rounders yes as a two
1: seed <laughs> I think it's just let's not talk it's about just it just one right
0: <laughs> just once okay uh we you know last year we were we were two seed last
1: year right or were we were three
0: last year feel we like were we a
1: two we were two seed yeah.
0: yeah so that second round matchup wasn't nice but uh okay we'll um we'll see what happens um should be a fun week of basketball. You gonna get out to Brooklyn?
1: I will not, but maybe we'll go back to that sports bar where we went to watch that Duke Louisville game last year, first ACC game, yeah. second, second ACC game, I think.
0: Uh, it's not a bad option. Maybe no. at the house. Maybe we'll invite you over to the house. You can pet the dog and see the kids. Sure. Maybe we'll fly to Brooklyn last minute. If anyone has a ticket for us, you know where to email us. It's Duke Basketball Chunkies. At gmail.com, we only want premium seating, though. You know, don't you know? We don't want your, your nosebleed seats. Uh, and if anyone would like to leave a review or even just a rating, uh, five stars, please. Well, we'll take four. We'll take four stars. But you know, uh, please please go to Apple iTunes uh, and or Stitcher and uh, go ahead and leave us some feedback. Write us an email. Uh, give us your thoughts. And uh, have a great day. Yeah. Anything um, else? Anything last things add? Great
1: job. Great win. Happy for Grayson. Um, like you said, great, you know, big congrats to the coaching staff for the, the, the job they did with the team this year. Um, I know the, the postseason can be so sudden sometimes that it might damp dampen things, but at this point in time, I feel very good about the team and its accomplishments this year.
0: Yes, sir. All right.
1: All right.